Welcome back to the Shakespeare Birthday Party. I'm Danny Fitzpatrick. And I'm Grace Fitzpatrick. And today we are talking about Measure for Measure, one of the most problematic of the problem plays for many reasons. One being the fact that the structure of it is strange. Basically, it goes like this. The Duke of Vienna, somewhat odd that we're in Vienna also, but we have all these Italian names, but anyway, Shakespeare can do what he wants. Duke of Vienna decides he's going to leave Vienna and give his power over to his deputy, Angelo. Now, Angelo takes it upon himself to scrub the city of sexual license. Now, as part of his sweeping reform measures, he arrests Claudio, whose wife, but is not known to be his wife, is perhaps only his wife in spirit, is uh, pregnant. Anyway, he is arrested. He's going to be put to death. Now, Claudio's sister, Isabella, has just entered a convent. She has not she has not formally taken vows or anything. So, Claudio sends to her, pleads with her to go to Angelo and sue for mercy. She does this. Angelo falls into a precipitous state of lust with her. Um, for her. For her. Right. Yes. For her. her. Yes. She's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, despite his own laws, so that's awkward. Um, decides he must have her, and so on. Now, uh, basically, he says, it's easy for, uh, easy for your brother to get free. All you have to do is sleep with me, and he's in the clear. She says, no, I won't do it. She goes to Claudio to deliver the news. She says, hey, I've got good news. You're going to heaven. Get ready. And he says, dang it, isn't there anything that can be done? And she's like, well, there is this one thing. And he's like, what is it? And she explains. And he's like, oh, well, don't do that. But maybe you should do that. Because who knows if I die, I might go to hell. And at any rate, the Duke is flitting about in the guise of a friar all this time, observing what is going on. Uh, basically, we have another classic bride swap in the dark maneuver that's employed. Um, the Duke helps to arrange it so that Angelo will think that he is sleeping with Isabella, whereas he is truly sleeping with Mariana, his spurned fiance who was spurned only after her uh, dowry was lost at sea with her brother so that tells you about all you need to know about Angelo right there um, at any rate the Duke then decides well so of course Claudio's sentence is supposed to be uh, revoked at this time Angelo decides let's kill him anyway uh, the guards do the old uh, dead guy head swap using a pirate who has just died conveniently that morning 
Who happens to just look like Claudio. just like Claudio. Uh, they send his head to Angelo. Meanwhile, Claudio's head is still attached to his shoulders. So that's good for him. Um, and the Duke says, all right, I'm coming back. He shows back up. Um, everything comes to light. Angelo is forced to marry Mariana. Claudio marries his wife. And the Duke very generously offers himself in marriage to Isabella. So there you have it. And it's partly, of course, this ending that is so problematic because Isabella never wanted to marry anybody in the first place. And now I've got this Duke who's just uh, abandoned everything and let everything go to seed. And uh, yeah, now he's just coming back and proffering himself to would-be nuns and I kind of feel a certain type of way about it yeah yeah of course we don't see what happens right. at the end she may say no one hopes that she does she is in kind of an awkward position though it is very awkward he spent the entire play like a Greek god, just kind of, like you say, flitting about, yes. uh, disguising himself yes. so the, the mere mortals won't see him, yes. uh, providing various deus ex machina moments yeah. to save Claudio yeah. and Isabella. Yeah. Um, so what would, would kind of sour things between them, probably, if... Uh, Isabella refuses him, but yep. I mean, they just went through this with another guy. Uh, so who's to say that he wouldn't turn on her or Claudio? Yeah. But I guess that's part of the brilliance of the ending is you know, it's totally open-ended. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I, so of course Angelo is the... He seems... he's he's. He's the most openly detestable figure in the play, I would say. Yeah, ironically. Yeah, because, uh, of course, he's supposed to be this moral reformer and, um, yeah, basically decides to use his power to take advantage of Isabella. Um, of course, he has that horrible line, uh, who would believe thee, Isabel? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which it struck me today that, I don't know, I keep, he, he's, so Claudio is more, um, he's much more sympathetic as a character, um, but I kind of wonder if he's not, like, just as bad as Angelo, mm -hmm. um, just in the sense of, like, I don't know, just his, like, his quick decision to be like, uh, yeah, just go sleep with him to save me. Um, I don't know, there's something like, yeah, just something very low about that, like, like, hey, I'm afraid to go to hell. Go give yourself up hmm. to this guy so that I can be spared. He still doesn't seem as bad. 
as Angelo to me because yeah. like Angelo is pretending to be a good person whereas Claudio mm -hmm. I don't think pretends to be anyone other than his sort of dumb self yeah <laughs> um I mean not a great moment for him yeah but he doesn't strike me as being as as devious yeah I think he's definitely not as devious but yeah I feel like there's just like a web of nastiness mm -hmm. in this play. Yeah, for sure. And it's also funny that Angelo is the least likable character in the play, despite the fact that like there are characters that are literal prostitutes and pimps um, yeah. in the play. So you'd think like these are the dregs of society. Uh, yeah. But in reality, like Angelo is the dregs of society. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Also, just, uh, we've noted a few parallels with the Divine Comedy before. Mm -hmm. uh, but there definitely seemed to be one, like, in in that speech that Claudio gives about why, how he's afraid to go to hell. Um, which is interesting, too, just in the sense that part of, like, he, he frames that speech in terms of, I have no idea... Like, we have no idea what happens after death, and therefore, like, these things that we imagine to be are, like, so much worse than just, like, the worst day here that, um, like, please save me from this. But, like, that in itself seems to me, like, sort of an affront to Isabella, just in the sense that he demonstrates, like, no faith basically mm -hmm. um whereas like her whole life is based on wanting to give herself up uh as a a bride of christ mm -hmm. um yeah so he's like not only asking her to renounce that but in a way saying like that's all nonsense mm -hmm. um but anyway the speech where he does that like the description of hell that he gives um, like of rivers of fire and like mm -hmm. thick ribbed ice um, and then of like being blown around in the winds of lust um, these are all like very Dantean yeah infernal images um, which like there's a like Dante's whole hell is very logically organized so it's not like it's not like he just pulled it out of nowhere so Shakespeare may just have been thinking along the same lines, but... Right. I mean, it's kind of hard, it's it's really hard not to think of Dante when yeah. you come across a line like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you make, I don't know, speaking about Isabella's character, what do you make of her accepting the Duke, who is disguised as the Friar, Accepting his idea to have Mariana sleep yeah. with Angelo as claiming to be Isabella. Yeah, I feel like it's... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's also no good. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's just like... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of puts... So, I mean, there's the obvious parallel with Helen from... Uh, also well and as well. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's just like, 
don't know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I, mean, I think part of it for me is that, like, it feels, I don't know, it just feels, like, astonishing that Mariana would, uh, would go for this scheme. Yeah, she um, does not seem to have a ton of self-respect. <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah, like, I don't know, uh, so it seems, it seems somewhat unbelievable, uh, just on that score, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I just, I think just, like, yeah, if the whole point is, like, no, like, I won't do it because I want to be virtuous. Right. Here, you don't care about virtue. Uh, which, like, it is different in the sense that this woman had, had, in a sense, like, marital claims on Angelo. Um, or at least that was the, that was what was intended. Um... So yeah, I mean, like her position with respect to Angela is definitely different from Isabella's, mm-hmm. but still not, uh, still no bueno. Not great. Yeah. Say. Jonathan Haidt, in his book *The Righteous Mind*, talks about mm. the inner press secretary mm-hmm. that we all have, where we all have this uh, inclination within ourselves to sort of talk our way out of mm-hmm. sticky situations to yeah. remind ourselves that we're really we're really the good guy mm-hmm. at all times even when we're not. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think of that with the whole Isabel Mariana mm-hmm. situation uh or Isabella. Um just thinking like, well, I couldn't possibly go sleep with Angelo because that would just be wrong, which mm-hmm. is true. But it's like, well, it wouldn't be as wrong if mm-hmm. Mariana does it because, you know, she was in love with him when they were engaged. Once the engagement got broken off, now she's really in love with him. And yeah. so if they sleep together, then they have to get married and mm-hmm. that's what Mariana wants. And surely that would be just mm-hmm. a great thing for both of them. Um, right. And Claudio won't die. Like, it's just so... Yeah. Like, Isabella is a smart, smart person. And yeah. just, I don't believe that... I, don't know, I just find that a particularly unbelievable part of her character, that she mm-hmm. would be really into this idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there, I don't see a sign of, like, conflict. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to figure out, like, what... Um, what this would amount to, and this is going on a different, mm-hmm. uh, different track here. But um, I do find it really interesting, like the, like the name parallel between Isabella and Mariana and Queen Elizabeth and Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, I keep trying to figure out if. If Shakespeare is trying to make some kind of like if there's some kind of political commentary like political and religious commentary mm-hmm. in the play um, like about the relation between church church and state now in England after the Henrician Reformation but I don't know I don't think it's like super important for the play itself necessarily but yeah, 
I can't think of how it would, like, and I know you're not saying this, like, I can't think of how it would be an allegory, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was, if there was something there. Yeah. I don't know. So. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, just a, yeah, just a very strange play. a weird play. play. Yeah, just, like, again, like, I don't know, just such a different vibe, like, where, like, the... Like, we talked some about how All's Well and Ends Well has a lot of the same, like, problems that Measure for Measure has, but, like, you can you can read All's Well and Ends Well comically, mm-hmm. whereas, like, Measure for Measure is just, like, very, like, there are, com- there are comic elements in it, but, like, overall it's just, like, very bleak, mm-hmm. just, like, very, very dark. Play. So. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like Shakespeare and Faulkner had a baby, and not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, very troubling. Hmm. Well. Uh, next time. We're gonna read Cymbeline. Which is yet again one I have never <laughs> read before. So. I've never um, read it, but I've seen it performed. Oh, very nice. Where was that? Um, when I was a school teacher. Excellent. And we went to... Uh, did we go to Tulane? Yeah, we went to Tulane and saw the uh, performance there. There you go. There was hey. a, a lot made of one of the characters' cod pieces. Ah. So, some pretty good stuff. <laughs> What is it in Blackadder? And he's like, he's like trying to decide his whole outfit. And like for the cod piece, he's like, Russians <laughs> <laughs> always terrifies the clergy. <laughs> yep. Some similar humor. There you go. Yep. Good stuff to look forward to. Basically, Go watch. The whole point of this podcast is <laughs> go watch Black Adder and Jeeves and Wooster. Yep. And Sounds good. There you go. I'm gonna need some Jeeves and Wooster after this play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. That said, happy birthday, party on, and we will see you next time.